Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is an Ian special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Ian at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure. Um, you're not done. It stands up, but it's Don. not. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. One of your show is number one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to ENN. On Tiwi. Ray Rowe. I'd like to start off by saying good evening to Michael. It was the cleanest sack that I have ever seen. And good evening to Don. The sack is only 40 years old. <laughs> and to Don. There's a lot of thumping upstairs. And to myself. If you're talking about the units. And to myself and Don. Hi. Hi, were you? Hi. Hi, were you? <laughs> Very strange. I was surprised by. Very strange response. What the F? <laughs> Let's hear from Rex Ryan on DiPietro and Rothenberg. He's talking about the G-Men. This is what you play for to get these kind of opportunities and the Giants to be in there the first year. It, it shows everybody. It shows the whole league that, that this team's going in the right direction. They get a couple of pieces that, that can help Daniel Jones uh, with this offense, this receiving core. You know, because you want to be perennial winners. But when you come into it and in your first year, you get a team to make the playoffs. I mean, it, it speaks volumes about Brian Dable and the, and the job that that, uh, that team's done. Now, Brian Dable himself was asked about the quote unquote goal line stand. What did you think of the goal line stand there at the end? It was awesome. Great play, Mom McLeod. Got some pressure. I'd say the whole team did a really good job from the coaches to the players executing. Players fought, competed hard. Our coaches and the coordinators did a really good job of calling the game uh, the way we needed to call it. And again, like I talked about this last week, it's four or five plays that it comes down to, and you know, our guys, you know, give them credit, they made those plays. Okay. Jordan, come okay. back to me. The, don't You can't refer to that as a goal line stand. Well, I, I'm sorry. But don't you think he was fishing for – a response to the penalties that helped them out. Now, he should have just asked it directly, but... Well, don't tell Jordan how to do his job. How dare you? Well, I'm only telling Jordan how to do his job based on you thinking that... <laughs> that he did a bad job. <laughs> that he did a bad job by claiming that there was some kind of big, glorious goal line stand. <laughs> Technically, there definitely was no goal line stand. <laughs> right, I, just, I, 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 mean, I never... I, honestly, Don, can I tell you the truth? When I read the name of the clip, I thought, well, what goal line stand is he referring I couldn't even remember what he was referring to. But if you are fishing for a quote for what happened with the penalties, then just ask. You think you got a break there, whatever. But the Giants got a break. I, I will be the first. I'm a Giant fan. They caught a break. But they were in a position to take advantage of said break, and now they got to win. And Rex is right. You know, they're, they're a year into this rebuild, and they already know that they can win, you know, almost half their games. They're in a position to finish above 500 now with one more win. That one more win 
might be enough to get them into the playoffs in year one of the rebuild. And also, do not sneeze at the fact that's a big December win, their first primetime win for Daniel Jones. I think their first primetime win since, you know, Phil Sims, for God's sakes. It feels like it was forever. They won a primetime game. You know, so these are the little things. So whatever ends up happening, like I said, I had no expectations this year. And I wanted them to make the playoffs. I didn't think they were very good. I still don't think they're a great team. If they make the playoffs, great. If not, hey, you learned a lot. Apply it to next year. Scholarship will be over in 2023. But the benefit of going to the playoffs, if you can do it now with this thin offense, uh, offensive weapons and their injuries, imagine what they can do when they go out and get themselves a lot of talent. And that's that's to be in this position is a good one for the Giants, regardless of whether they make the playoffs or not. Terry McLaurin was asked about the aforementioned illegal formation late in that game last night. Here's what Scary Terry had to say. I felt like I was on the ball the uh, entire time. If you look through the the game, I lined up there pretty much every play. So I checked to see if I was good the first time, and he was like, I move up a little bit. So when I moved up, I checked to see if I was good. He said I was good. So I'm not trying to get fined. So we had our other opportunities before it to come down like that. That's tough. I I have a huge question hearing that again. Mm-hmm. After digesting the whole show of talking about this, mm-hmm. when did he ask the official? I know. Did he mean at the beginning of that play or at another time altogether? Because, right, because he said he lined up there the whole game. So was it in the first quarter he asked them, got the thumbs up and figure I'm good the rest of the game? Now, it doesn't make it any better because you still got the thumbs up at some point from that official, but it, it hits differently if it's – in the first quarter as opposed to just before he threw the flag. Now it's starting to come together. I think he got the thumbs up earlier. What do you think? I had the same thought you did when I heard it. That was the first time I thought, oh, wait, does he mean he didn't ask in that moment? But the thing is, when you watch it, you do see him clearly try to communicate with him. That 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 is that That's what it looks like, at least. Here's uh, Taylor Heineke's thoughts on it. Terry pointed to be on the line. The guy gave him a thumbs up, and we get penalized for it. So, I, don't, you know, that play is very, you know, questionable. But, you know, again, you know, we had two two chances there at the end. We got to be better. Now, did it look like he – when you see the replay, yes, is showing it. Does it look like he's on the line? It looks like he's a little off. Yeah, I think he looks like he's a tiny bit off. I'll be honest, too. Well, we're all being honest, right? Now, you don't want to line up offside, but I, I, I – don't put yourself in that situation, right? Yeah. But, again, if you're told at some point in the game you're good and they don't throw the flag the entire game when you're in the exact yeah, same but, position, well, why would you exa- think it would happen on one, the, the, right. the well, I mean, second the answer, to last play of the game? Well, maybe the ref's response would be, well, he had asked me earlier, but he was lined up differently this time and he no, was clearly offside this time. That's what he would probably say. It's just we've heard officials on record saying at that moment of the game they're not calling that. Um, Moving along, shall we? Uh, let's hear from Zach Wilson in the post game yesterday. Did you earn another start? That's not up to me, right? <laughs> and uh, for me, I think it comes back to how can I watch this film? How can I improve? And uh, can I keep trying to put our offense in the best situation to win? Today, I heard Bob Wischusen's interview with Zach after the game because I was driving to do the Rangers. You're talking about the Weeze. The, the Weasel Wischusen, yes. Yeah, sure. 
though he's uh he the first thing he said was I, I i gotta do better like he really went out of his way to say i gotta be better as a quarterback i left some plays there so i think that incident from a few weeks ago is never gonna happen again and now i'm just seeing i'm now just seeing yes showing Maybe he's a little off enough to take a touchdown off the board. No, it, it's probably the one rule that even diehard football fans never understand. Like the illegal procedure. We get offside. We get false starts, you know, pass interference, all that stuff. But, you know, no, can I tell you eligible, lining up, of the, you know, all it's, that is it's moronic. Confusing. It's a moronic try too hard rule. Football has its share of those. Because how Trying are you deceiving? too hard, bro. We should have asked Steve Young this. And we've got uh, Ryan Clark's going to join us tomorrow. We can ask him, what, what is, or somebody on Twitter can call up before we're off the air at 7 What's o'clock. the real nature of the rule? Yeah, what, how are they deceiving the Giants? Now, I get the eligible receiver. You want to know if the, if the tight, where he lines up, whether he's a blocker or whether he's a receiver. You, know, you want to know if he's a part of the offensive line or not. Like that, I understand, where they, they, when they have announced in the building that that tackle is eligible. You got to do that, otherwise you might not cover him, thinking he's an ineligible receiver. How is McLaurin being a half inch off the line of scrimmage, a detriment to the Giants doing their job to stop Washington? Because that's right, what it, I want. It does to make sense. You understand why on a given play, a blocker going down the field and becomes ineligible. You that makes sense. I can actually yeah. understand how that would be unfair. Now, I, oh, this I don't get. Again, I don't think I'm explaining it well, Peter, but I think where he lines up then describes the eligibility of somebody else on the line. Speaking, so if he's not on the line of scrimmage, it could send the message that the last player on the line of scrimmage is now eligible because he's off the line. Something to that effect. So I'm sure there's something deceptive about it. But in that particular moment, that close, did the Giants know? Like, if that – all right, the touchdown happens, they don't throw the flag. Is there any Giant fan, member of the Giants, media, member of their management, coaching staff, any of them know that McLaurin was that far off the line of scrimmage to complain about it? I say probably not prob- until, like, they watch the film the next day and go, oh, look. Well, well because here's my question about plays like this all, up and down the board, plays of this nature. How often are they not called? Couldn't they, couldn't they essentially be called almost every play if you were looking with a fine-tooth comb? Well, I guess there is, a, there is an official that's at the line of scrimmage to be able to tell. So I guess my knee-jerk reaction is no. But when you have officials saying that they wouldn't have thrown the flag on that play that late in the game, with the game still being decided, tells you that there is wiggle room. Uh, right? Back, back to Zach. What's his biggest takeaway from the loss to Detroit? I think it goes down to... We had some explosives, but we got to put drives together. I think at one point I saw we had, what, nine completions for a crap ton of yards, which is great. You know, explosives will win you games. But, you know, you got to just be able to just kind of pick apart a defense and sustain drives, be ahead of the sticks, you know, get that completion on first down to play a well second down and be in a, man, a manageable third down, you know. So that's my job as a quarterback. How can I put our offense in a manageable third and, long, and third and short situation? Rex Ryan says that Zach will not be the unquestioned starter. Well, I think he's definitely going to be challenged for it. Uh, I mean, they're not going to give Zach Wilson the job. He's going to have to earn it. And if he does, then then so be it. But I don't think they're going to go into the season and just say, okay, 
Zach, you're our guy. I, I don't think he's earned that right yet. So we'll see. He's. I think if he is, it's a good sign because he's going to have to beat somebody out. I know I never use hit different the right way. Rarely. A crap load of yards does hits different than what you're supposed to say. Jeff, am I saying it right? And no. You, that was actually one of the worst botches you've ever had. I'm so jacked up right now. I need to eat this like, horse I, I've poop. actually heard you get it right. That right. was not uh, it. Well, I, I guess you only say it in the positive sense. Usually. Okay. Well, I but don't know. Still, still, it's, a, it's a work in progress. But did you notice? I, I don't know if we want to go back to the tape. I think we came very close to hearing an F-bomb from Steve Young. Really? Yeah. Did you hear that, Anthony? He almost said the word you're not supposed to say. You think? And he stopped himself, yes. Am I the only one that heard that? Tweet me. Let me know. Anthony, Jacob, anybody else hear it, or is it just me? I don't think I heard it. Mm. But thank you for bringing it to my attention. All right, yeah. No, listen, he didn't say it. It wasn't like my mucking stalls incident from... In the infancy of the radio station. We suck. I heard a f- I didn't hear the f- Oh, I heard a f- uh, so If you'd missed the end of the overtime game between the Jaguars and the Cowboys. Jaguar. It ended on a pick six. Really unfortuitous one. CD yeah, that wasn't Dax. Well, it wasn't a good throw. But. It wasn't a good throw, but you shouldn't pop that into the air <laughs> for a pick six right. either. I mean, it was... I. There's a world... I would say seven times out of ten in which CeeDee Lamb just catches that and falls for a first down. I mean, that, that's what it looked like to me. But anyways, here's Dak on what happened. Crossing route, was throwing it low on purpose. Just wasn't able to uh, to make the play and the connection between us two and obviously tips up and guy makes a great catch right there above the ground and ends the game. Hmm. Not a lot of ownership on the play there from old, old Dak. No. But was, he, yeah. was he trying to throw it low on purpose? No. Well, I mean, maybe, but not that low. He's off balance. He's off balance. It's a tough play. No, not that low. But, uh, you know, take some ownership. But, listen, I'm not in love with Dak Prescott as a quarterback. No. But compared to the experience other quarterbacks have in that conference, because, listen, the Buccaneers aren't going anywhere. And the, the Packers aren't going anywhere. So, of the quarterbacks that Dallas would have to get through, wouldn't they have a guy that's got way more experience than Hurts? And Purdy, or Jones, or maybe about the same as Heineke, but maybe a little bit more. But at least playing in big games, like so, and and they've got a really good defense, and they've got a coach that won a Super Bowl, and yet they're still going to mess this up. Like you can look at when you look at the lay of the land, who their coach is with experience, their quarterback with experience, a really good defense that's been together for a while now, and they're not the team you're looking at that's going to come out of the conference. We're talking about them underachieving. And that Philadelphia, out of nowhere, after finishing 9-8 and eight last year, is going to go to the Super Bowl. San Francisco, with a third-string quarterback, is going to go to the Super Bowl? I God, the NFC's a mess. I can't deal with when you say Purdy. Because saying his name literally sounds like someone's doing an impression. She's so Purdy. But you can't. But can you say it without an accent? Because no. Purdy it makes it sound like you're saying pretty. Right? Like, yeah, with like a southern accent or like <laughs> yeah, a, I don't know yeah. if there's another word that's an example of that. So purdy. Let's uh let's keep it going in the foosball of it. What do all. you mean? 
Okay. Let's hear what it sounded like when Paul Allen made the big call on KFAN in Minneapolis when the Vikings complete the greatest comeback in NFL history. Snap spot. Joseph, right-footed kick. It is good! And the Minnesota Vikings have completed the greatest comeback in the history of the National Football League. From 33 down, they beat the Indianapolis Colts 39-36. Yeah, he's making quite the impression. What's his name again? Who? The the Vikings announcer. Paul he Allen? He just played the cut. Yeah, Paul Allen. All right, then why'd you say who? I, you said quite the impression. I didn't know if you were talking about Kirk Cousins. No, stop it. I, I didn't know exactly what you meant. Maybe you meant Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> well, apparently you did because you said who. Oh, my God. These, the, the last 20 tweets I just got. I heard the almost F-bomb from Steve Young. Really? Thought he actually said it. Totally heard the Steve Young almost f bomb. Wow! Totally heard it. I thought the guy, the guys were going to need need it as a drop. I heard it as soon as he let it slip. Started laughing. I think. Uh, let's see. I heard it one hundred percent. I heard it and thought he was going to swear. I thought I was crazy. Loud and clear. I heard the almost f bomb from Steve during the Young report. I heard it clear as day. I totally heard it too. Steve caught himself. Then they got to definitely. Thought I was the only one who heard it. So this happened, guys. They're still coming. I well, guess I, you're the only three that didn't hear it. I, I would like to go back and revisit. <laughs> it's still Steve, 25 Steve tweets, literally. I'd rather not. Well, well no, didn't he didn't say it. Dude, you're good. You're good. You're good. He didn't say it. He went, Here, You're allowed to. Yeah, you're allowed to. Whatever you want. Now, let's hear from Kevin O'Connell, the Minnesota's coach, about the speech Patrick Yeah, so Peterson. development is, is what? Look. Wait, what? Wait. Is that it? Wait, try say it again. Yeah, so again. development is is look. You got no. no, no, that wasn't it. That was a boi. He that was a boi. No, you'll 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 know it when you hear it. Here's it was Kev- late in the interview. Here's Kevin O'Connell, uh, his post game talking about Patrick Peterson's halftime speech to inspire the comeback. And I just overheard him walk over towards the offense. Say said, "We're gonna get stops. You just need five touchdowns. That's nothing." And. It was a nice little, um, you know, moment for me to lead right in off of, and I said, "Pat, you're exactly right. You know, that's that's what we needed at the time, and 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 you know, it was probably the most motivated uh, I've been to to kind of challenge our players, just so that they just knew, regardless of the outcome today, uh, that first half was not good enough, and will never be acceptable um, to have that kind of performance, um, regardless of the outcome today, um, and and nobody's." happier to, to be NFC North champions and the way we earned it. I think it'll stick with a lot of us for a long time, but but uh, there's still a lot to go back and, and make sure that we rectify and, and continue to improve. Now you want to talk about repug endings. The way that the Raiders beat the Patriots on the game's tied 24 apiece and on what should be the last play of regulation, the Patriots try to get cute and start playing lateral games. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason people late in games just take a knee and don't try to get wacky. It's because of moments like this, as heard on 98.5, the sports hub. And Jacoby Myers picks it up. He circles back and he throws it across the field. Oh, my God. It's picked up by Chandler Jones. He breaks away to the 30. He runs to the 20. He runs to the 10. 
teams I've ever seen. <laughs> That's analysis. I like that. And who's the Raider that just gets smushed? I mean, I mean the uh, Patriots. Uh, his name is Mac Jones. <laughs> Was that Mac Jones? Yes. Mac the- Jones, who's supposed to be, I th- isn't Mac Jones a big boy? He gets bowled over. But no, just- it, it, it's uh, Honestly, it's like Chandler Jones was was outside it was Billy Madison playing dodgeball he pushed him like a child yeah because I, I yeah I got, I got thrown thrown off by the sides I'm looking I'm like oh my yeah that's right I was like it's Mac Jones <laughs> it just just got the the the, the straight arm just squished what I love about that call by the way from the sports hub is that the play-by-play is so professional and even though it was bad for the Patriots they called it straight and then at the end <laughs> You get the analysis of this is the dumbest well, team. Well, <laughs> Let's hear Belichick. Let's hear Belichick asked about the play. Was there any coaching point after you had called the draw to say if you know the play's over, just fall down or go out of bounds? Yeah, well, obviously that would have been better than the result. Was that said? Yeah, look, we've talked about situational football. We talk about it every week, but we obviously we've got to do a better job playing situational football and not making critical mistakes in the game. I I don't know where he was going with the ball. Like I'm all for doing the Stanford oh, no, I, band. I, you can see the other guy. You can see him. It's just it was he shorted it. It was just awful. Oh. Well, no, the only one that I see in the picture is Mac Jones. So dumb. You no, know, he's got plenty of room, and I don't know how you do that. Like I, I'm all. I'm not going to kill Belichick for trying. It's just you're supposed to know, and you tell me Bill doesn't coach him up. Hey, do it until you just see that. It, then, then, if you if you start to get desperate and you don't you don't see everybody, then just take the knee and get out of dodge. There's no way that 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 last lateral made any sense. Any that I mean, it was halfway across the field. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Oh my God. But by the way, it's in, the most insane thing is Mac Jones is standing in front of him. He's waiting there. He literally should be. You could pause it. I just paused it. Don, he's in an athletic stance, arms out. There's uh, two yards between him and Chandler Jones. Jones does not have the ability to make a move here. He won't have room. He just has to go straight. And he literally treats Jones like a child. Yeah. It's comedy. Get off of me. Game over. Now, on the other side. I want to play you some incredible World Cup audio, and we have found the Steve Young audio. Oh, yeah. We'll revisit it all next. We'll continue ENN right here on Yes and 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy. Hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network.
Steve Young audio. Like, fuck. <laughs> How did you guys miss it? I mean, pretty easily. I don't know why you guys think I missed anything at all. Well, hold on. What are, I, 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 do you, you don't have a longer one? Because like, I'm kind of curious to hear how he covered it. Yeah. That actually sounds worse, probably, on yeah. its own. I would just play the actual cut <laughs> of the sentence. Uh, and then one on defense again. Like, fuck. And then one more. So that's – and it's Yeah. It's not he, much better, but uh, you – He's I, talking about his love for the food, pho. Yeah, no, I he believe. said five a bunch of times before that, and then he just kept saying it again. Five? Yeah. Pho, five. Pho, pho, okay. five. You know what it's time for us to do? Move on. World Cup watch. Ooh. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go! Almost a statement. It's gone in! World Cup watch. I won't try eggs. I'm going to try soccer. If you're the fucking USA <laughs> soccer, then you're a moron. We already said it. We'll say it again, okay? Yesterday's World Cup final was maybe the greatest soccer game of all time. Certainly the greatest I've ever seen. Uh, the game appeared over 75 minutes in into the 78th minute. Argentina was up 2-0. It was just time. It was it was going to be Messi getting his trophy and completing his career as maybe the greatest to ever do it. And then another one of the greatest on earth, Mbappe, went crazy. Before we know it, it's 2-2. We're headed to extra time, and that wasn't the end. We end up at 3-3. And we end up in PKs. Here is the call from Telemundo. Andres Cantor, who was born in Buenos Aires, calling the end of your 2022 World Cup. I believe he's saying that Argentina 
is the champion of the world. Over and over and over. Oh, <laughs> the Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant like that. Yeah, that's what he did for a very long time. And and and, and, and it was, was crying, legit crying. Andres Cantor. Why is he crying? Is he from Argentina? That's what I just said. You should check out the show sometime. It's true. No, but I, I don't know. It was too much for you. Is what you're saying? It was. A, I just wish I understood everything. Well, he and people said, it sounded like people were laughing at him in the background, like or no, well, emotional. I think, I think he was he was very emotional and and crying mm. and hugging the people around him. And I, I think they were also amused at the way he was just repeating over and over again, Argentina campeón del mundo. Uh, over and over and over and over and over again. But I will say this. Uh, first of all, I would love to hear that exact same call with Dave Maloney and Chris Chelio spread throughout it. <laughs> and number two, it truly was one of the greatest events I've ever seen. Listen, there's a lot of issues to have with the World Cup, mm-hmm. with, with Qatar as a, as a host nation, the things that happened. There were some really rough things about this World Cup as we prepare for 2026 um, back here in the old U.S. of A., uh, and across North America, I am definitely going. By the way, well, in twenty six, I'm I am going. Well, it could be here, right? It is here. It's, okay. Uh, you got Seattle. You got uh, the Bay. You have Los Angeles. You have Houston. Well, where will the fi- we don't know where the final will be though, do we? No, we don't know what's where right. yet. Right. Kans- Kansas City, New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Boston, Mexico City, Guadalajara maybe Toronto. It's all over North America. Right. Now, I thought about this, Peter, because you had mentioned it earlier in the show. You hate the idea that a game of that magnitude was decided on kicks. I, I do. I was not I was not thrilled when we right. went to kicks. I was like, this is going to be – this is going to feel like a letdown on some level. Now, now, penalty kicks can happen during the course of a game. Sure they can, it's and not, they did. It, it's not a strategy, but it can happen, and that's how goals are scored. Yes, yesterday, uh, two, I believe, two or three. Now, the other analogy would be at the Stanley Cup final, game seven was decided in penalty shots, right? Um, that that would be the, a North American comparison or something, you know, from the four major sports. I was thinking about it this way. It's just a part of the culture. It's a part. So I think people that follow soccer all their lives, that love soccer the way we love American football, they don't think anything of it. Because it's that's just the way that it's always been. So let's reverse it. And let's say somebody from another country came here and started to follow football. Mm-hmm. And they watched the Super Bowl, not fully understanding, based on what they know about soccer. Could they say the same thing about if the Super, Super Bowl was decided on a field goal? I, I think so. Like, now it's not a field goal. It's not like you decided on field goals in overtime. So it's not an apples to apples comparison. But what I'm saying is, is that these brutes, right, they go and they beat each other up for 60 minutes, tackle each other, the strategy. And then it comes down to a guy that's really not a football player, you know, runs onto the field and kicks a field goal that's kind of different than most of the. Uh, other way that they may say, well, well, no, they should be throwing the ball. They should be trying to score touchdowns. They should be tackling each other. Why is somebody that's half the size of all these other football players kicking a ball through an upright to decide a game? Could that be something that somebody from like Argentina would go like, I can't believe that that great football game was decided on a 50 yard field goal. I I sort of feel that way. I mean, when you think about it from that perspective, it is a Mm. weird thing. 
That but games, but are, you know, Michael brings it up all the time, too. It's offense and defense for 60 minutes. That's what the right. game's about. And the kicking is like, it's part of it, but it's not what moves the needle. Yeah. I mean, if you're at a game, generally speaking, when field goals happen, unless it's beyond like 55 yards, it basically garners a golf clap. Right. right? It's not even close it, nobody, to the rest of the game. Now, you might get an Adam Vinatieri who's going to the Hall of Fame that has made monster kick after monster kick. But for the most part, nobody's wearing the kicker's jersey. Nobody's favorite player is the place kicker. Nobody's running to get his autograph unless you're like Morton Anderson territory, right? And for the most part, they're anonymous guys, and yet they have the biggest moment literally placed on their foot. Now, Michael brings up all the time, well, why don't they just play? I get you can't just keep playing. In a sport where it doesn't see a lot of goals, with the exception of, of Sunday, where there were six, you could be playing for like seven hours to deter. You can't do that. I mean, these guys would die on the field. So you got to figure out a way. I just don't know why it has to be so close. Is there another way that you can make it a little bit more balanced where you're kicking from a greater distance? I don't know. I hear or is it saying. cool that it's because it's not automatic because you saw uh, France, there was a save, and then uh, one of the guys missed was one. No, no, so it's, it's not, not a guarantee. It's not, it's not a guarantee. I've, it's grown on me. I, I like it more than I used to. I, I right. feel like I don't know what's going to happen every time, and there's a level of strategy I enjoy. It just still doesn't feel like the way it's, a game like that should end. You know what it is, Peter? It's an us problem. When I say us, I mean U.S. That's right. It is no, it is. I don't I'm think sure the rest people. of the world. Maybe, maybe they are, but I don't think right now that's getting debated in ninety nine point nine percent of the planet. Also, I do want to throw out there as we wrap in mm. that I'm very proud of uh, Miss Hatton, who tomorrow is uh, for the first time releasing an NFT uh, piece of her art on Instagram. She's among the first artists in the world to do this, and you'll be able to if you have your uh, digital wallet. Is that what's called? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you can actually purchase her, her NFT tomorrow on Instagram. So go follow the wonderfully talented Miss Hatton. It's an it's one of my favorite pieces of hers. And uh, yeah, if you're looking to jump into well, the NFT game and find, want to find an easy way to do it, this will be a good way to do it. Well, please tell her as I speak for everyone here at mm -hmm. TMKS. Go ahead. We wish her nothing but the best wow. with this venture, and we know it's going to be a successful one. See. You know what? That's why I'm glad Michael's not here. Because he would just be raining on the entire thing. What is an NFT anyway? It's nothing. Why? Yeah, I know what you'd say. Photography's not art. I hate She's it not on. painting you pick, anything. You pick up a camera, you point it, you shoot. Uh, we, let's close out with your calls. 1-800-919-3776. It's Peter and Don on a football Monday on the K-Show on Yes and 98.7 ESPN. Thanks for listening to the Michael K Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoons starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.